do do any of you guys show of hands? Do any of you guys fancy yourselves as journalists? I hand up. <laughs> okay, you're a journalist. Do, do you practice improv? Who do you practice improv with? Uh, Scott Colton. Yeah, Scott Colton. Yeah, fuck that him. guy. Fuck that guy. I don't know why I have to come out here and tell you guys that some guy that I fucking used to be friends with that I'm not friends with anymore is a fucking thing. This is ridiculous. I work with fucking children. And ladies and gentlemen, that's exactly how the fucking presser started. There was no questions asked before this. There was no questions asked before this. So anybody out there that's like, what was the question asked before that did he responded to? There was none. There was, there was none. fucking none. There was fucking none. He just came out with this bullshit about journalists and then went into a fucking 30-minute tirade on fucking Scott Colton, the EVPs, MJF, fucking Hangman. Oh, my God. It was so fucking ridiculous. And I know people are like, wow, what the fuck did I just walk in on? Like, what the fuck is this? This is a podcast, and we're re- talking about the fucking big event that happened after All Out, literally after we stopped recording and we published the fucking podcast, the fucking media scrum happens with all of this fucking crazy shit in it. Yes. Fucking insane. Fucking insane. It is just fucking insane. CM Punk went on a fucking 30-minute tirade about all of this shit. He literally just talked shit about fucking Cabana, called him Scott Colton, like, which is his real name. He went on this long tirade. Then he said that the EVPs leaked the story. Did they leak this fucking story? First off, that's not how the story got leaked. The story was just out there. And for him to go, oh, it was the Bucks and Kenny. Like, he didn't say him by, he said Nick by name, but he said the EVPs. And Did he, he put say it Nick by name? Because I swear it was Tony I said Nick. No, he said Nick by name. Okay, cool. And he talked about the EVPs. He talked so much shit. Then they asked him about MJF, and he said verbatim, he goes, this guy wants me to work with fucking dickheads. And I'm just like, okay, well, wow. Then he talked about like not Coco Man, a fucking Hangman Page. He called him an empty-headed idiot, and he didn't want to learn from anybody because of a fucking situation. When somebody asked fucking Hangman Page in a fucking Comic Con, "Oh, who do you want to learn from?" He said, "Listen, I'm not really looking for advice right now." This is exactly what he said verbatim in one of the Comic Cons because he was like, "Yeah, I'm not not really looking for advice right now." And Punk took that as, "Oh, he doesn't want to learn from any of the vets." And he just kept going. He kept going. He's like, I'm working with a bunch of fucking children. He said that the fucking EVPs are, they couldn't run a fucking target. And it's like, holy shit, what is going on? And the bad part about it, this is what I feel bad about. I feel bad about Tony Khan. Because if you watch the scrum, he literally, when Punk starts talking, he's like, like what the fuck like he has his face like what the fuck and the deeper punk got into it you can see his face slowly slowly descend into 
what the fuck is going on? He literally starts drinking out of this cup. Like, I don't know if there was anything in this cup. He literally just started drinking out of this cup rapidly. And his eye movements was like, um, okay. It was one point he actually tried to diffuse the situation was like, maybe if I would have answered the question that Nick Houseman had asked, because that's the person who Punk went after first. Oh, okay. When he, he when said, he him. He, okay. He said, if I would have answered the question that Nick Houseman answered, like asked me the other day, maybe we wouldn't be in this situation. And it's like, no. Punk literally came in the situation ready to go. And people are like, oh, maybe Nick Houseman asked that question there. There's three people who were at the scrum that literally said, no one asked a question about Cole Cabana. They didn't even ask a question. When Punk sat down and the first thing we heard was say, are any of you guys journalists? That literally was the first thing he said. It wasn't a, it wasn't a, oh, they asked a question off camera. People at the scrum, actual media at the scrum was like, no, he just sat down and started going. There was no before, he just sat down and started going. And he just went and it just, it was, it was so insane. It just was so insane. And I was mad because I was like, damn it, we missed it and we couldn't put it on a podcast. But I'm glad we didn't because it went further than that. Yeah. It went further than that. But it's just so much like, it was so much. It was like, also, other things in the media scrum was not only him saying something, somebody else took a shot at somebody. And I'm going to get into that way later in the podcast when we talk about that section, because somebody else went over and above and said some shit that like led to some shit online, but like got cleared up later that we're going to get to eventually. But this whole Sam Punk thing got worse because after Punk left, went to the fucking back room, he went to the back room and all hell broke loose. I'm not even joking. All hell broke loose. You couldn't figure it out by watching the media scrum because everybody just kept coming up and doing their thing and like saying whatever. But all hell broke loose because Punk went back there, him, Ace Steel, Ace Steel's wife, and a couple other people went back to Punk's room. Now, we don't know if this was before or after Punk was diagnosed with a torn bicep. Yeah, that's right. Punk tore his bicep in the fucking match. So now Punk is automatically, before we get into anything else, is out for fucking nine months. Torn bicep. That That's fucked up. That's fucked up. So he's in the room. Him, Larry the dog, fucking Ace Steel, Ace Steel's wife, fucking bunch of other people in the room. Now, one report exaggeratedly said this wasn't this wasn't an actual thing they exaggeratedly said the bucks and kenny omega came in and kicked down the door and they started stuff with cm punk well that was exaggerated because like you can't kick down one of the doors that they had it was over exaggerated so they okay so the reports are kind of suggesting that punk I mean, not Punk, Omega and the Bucks kind of forced their way into Punk's locker room because 
Punk said shit about them. Was talking shit. So they get in a locker room and from multiple different accounts, all we know, we don't know if it was something first or second. All we know is Punk punch Matt. Matt Jackson got punched. Then he got punched repeatedly. So Punk is going at it with Matt Jackson. Omega, in one of the stories, Omega apparently was picking up Larry the dog and trying to take him out of the room because for some reason, Omega was trying to be a humanitarian in one of the stories. So with that being said, he came back to try to pull Punk off of Matt. This is from one of the stories. I'm just telling you from one side. He's trying to pull Matt off of, like, Punk off of Matt. And he still gets angry and starts pulling Omega's hair and bites him. Then somehow he still gets even madder and throws a chair and hits Nick Jackson and knocks him out. So that, like I said, that's one side of the story. The other side of the story was Matt and Nick and Omega came in and tried to rush Punk and Punk was just defending himself. And because Ace Still's wife was in there, Ace Still got very agitated, was like, oh no, my wife has a broken foot and she's stuck in here. So I'm going to fuck you guys up any means necessary with biting and throwing chairs and also fucking just pulling hair because he like in the one story he was defending his wife so that's why he did all of the crazy shit in the other story he was defending punk and still did crazy shit the funny part about it is like after everything was over omega goes i got bit everybody literally goes oh shit larry bit you you need to go to the SBCA or something? He's like, no, A still fucking bit me. <laughs> Everybody's like, wait, what the fuck? Yeah, A still fucking bit me. It was like, oh shit, that's crazy. It was fucking crazy. Like this fucking fight, there's probably more details that come out, but this fight was fucking insane. Like it just started out with, like they said, like a bunch of people have said, Punk threw the first punch at Matt because they came in there angry and he just like, I guess he felt attacked and he just like, fuck it, and just threw it at Matt. And they started brawling and it was like, okay. I I, I literally am at a loss for words at this whole entire day. Yeah. I mean, Punk did say at one point in the um, conference though, so- if you have a problem, come see me. So that's the that's the weird thing. Like you literally said, come see me, and they came see you, and now we're having now we're having this altercation. Yeah. Okay. And the funny part is you can watch the fucking shit like scrum, and you can see like halfway through a bunch of security just like run out of the room and run to a different point in the fucking building. And then all of a sudden, Jericho comes in and like Jericho's in character doing his own thing. Mm-hmm. And Jericho, after he's done the scrum, he leans over to Tony and says, yo, some shit happened. I think you need to handle this. And Tony was like, what? He was like, 
I'm not going to say anymore, but it's some shit that happened. You need to handle this. And Tony, like, he did another, like, five, ten minutes of the scrum because he, like I said, he didn't know what was going on. So he just was like, all right, fuck it. I'm just going to do this. But Jericho knew because supposedly Jericho was one of the people who kind of calmed down what was going on. Now, Renegade, what questions do you have about this fucking altercation? I don't know, because it's so much to unpack there. Like, Omega saving the dog, supposedly. Nick Jackson getting knocked out. The wife's leg fucked up. Ace still being there. Fucking, apparently there's more names there, because apparently fucking, what's his name? Christopher Daniels was there and what's his name? Pat Buck was there too. Yeah, because those were the those were the people who were trying to calm down the situation after it got out of control. Yeah. Like it was like all of the like most of the agents were backstage trying to calm it down. So like when people are like, oh, they were all there, and it's like, no, they were all there to calm it down. None of them were there just like, oh, we're backing up the Bucks or we're backing up Punk. They yeah. were there to try to calm this thing down and stop it from getting further than what it was. Like they all got suspended. Like all of like all of the backstage people got suspended. We're gonna get into some more suspensions in a minute. <laughs> but yeah, they all got caught up in the situation. But anything else? No, they like I take whatever the hell you tell me. Like I have no questions because that's how insane this shit is. Normally I have something to ask, but this this probably is, all my years of watching wrestling is probably the craziest thing I've witnessed. Like a lot of people have said that, but like the funny part about that is like, and I can say this from like just being around, and you mm -hmm. could probably say the same thing is like, it's not the fact that this is the craziest thing that happened. This is the craziest thing that was that we had access to. Yeah, like back in the day, we didn't have access to any of this shit. Yeah, like fucking Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels, like their situation, like when fucking Shawn ripped out Bret's hair and threw it on fucking Vince McMahon's desk, like we didn't know any of that shit happened until months later. We knew that they got, that Shawn got suspended and we didn't know why until months later. No one knew the whole story. It was later on when we found out. This is like immediately five seconds after it happens, like, yo, all of this happened, and this is what's going down. It's yeah. like, fuck. Like, it's like because we have so much access to people, it's like, no matter what happens, we're going to figure shit out. That's how this shit is nowadays. Like, all access. Yes, it is fucking insane. And people are like, well, Vince wouldn't do this. Vince wouldn't do this. Vince wouldn't do this. The, there are reasons why Vince and Tony are like two completely separate people because Vince would have at the scrum like kind of hit punk or like said something or like shut down the whole thing very quickly Tony is inexperienced Tony doesn't know what to do he's just sitting there because he's like okay I have no idea what to do this is a crazy situation I don't know how to shut down punk without agitating him and also without looking bad. But from not doing anything, you look worse. I kind of like, feel like, like not to talk shit about Tony and stuff like that. 
I kind of feel like he's kind of a people, like people pleaser too, because I feel like he feel felt that as with if he said something, he would have upset Punk even more and whatever. And he seems like the type he doesn't want to get people upset with him. Yes, because Tony, Tony's thing is he wants to be a nice guy. He wants yeah. everybody to be happy. He yeah. wants everybody to work together. He wants to be this, like like you said, a peace people pleaser. Yeah, and it's yeah. like he doesn't want to step on toes and be the aggressor and that evil person. He doesn't want to do that. And, and that's, in the business, you have to do that. Sorry to say. That, that, is a, that is a thing. But he, like like I said, first off, it was live rounds. Things was going off as things were happening. So he didn't know how to, like, defuse the situation. Yeah. Like you can see from the WWE media scrum, and I know people would be like, "Why are you comparing that?" Because I'm going to show you this thing. WWE had a media scrum right after Castle crashes, and you can see people were saying stuff, and it was one question that somebody asked, and Gunther looked over at Hunter and asked, like, kind of asked for permission to answer this question. And Hunter like nodded and was like, yeah, go ahead and answer. And he answered and it was like, you can see that it was like, we have a strict, this is a thing we have to follow by. This is the boss, whatever he says, go. If we can't answer this, then that's on you. We have to do this. We have to say this and we have to play by the rules and we're out. And it was like, you can see like, okay, there's, a specific thing there like for aew was like no nah, we're like we're just gonna let you talk because like whatever can build to a storyline or this like you know it's a thing which is good but also when somebody goes way off and just is angry and being a dick you have to rein them in and like that's one thing that tony hasn't learned yet because no one has actually went off the rails and was a total dick until now so now he has to figure out the next time is like yo chill like he has to step up and be like yo chill just just calm down yeah he needs like somebody to work with him to help him out like someone in the business i guess like a what's his name the guy from that was in ecw i forget his name right now no, no, no. He needs him. Like, he needs him. He needs to, to put his foot down. Like, he said in one of the meetings, like, I'm not going to give everybody access to me. And it's like, dog, put your foot down and just, like, say some shit. And, like, like I said, this was the first time it happened. So it was like he was caught off guard and not knowing what to do. Now it's like, okay, I've seen the bad things that can happen. Now, next time, I will put my foot down and fix shit. Like that, like that's going. That's the result of what's happening here. Yeah, I and like I, the way he handled it. So. And one, and one part when like Punk, like literally shut down what Tony was saying because Tony was trying to, like he was talking to Nick Houseman trying to defuse the situation, and Punk was like, "It's not your fucking problem to talk about it." And Tony like kind of just like. Okay, because you can see, like he was, he was literally in his brain trying to put together what the fuck is going on. 
because he literally was lost because no one asked about Colt Cabana and he's so lost. He was like, he thought like, oh, he's going to pull it back to wrestling and like, we're going to start to build to the story. He literally was there lost and he couldn't figure out what was going on. And that's why he kind of was like, I'm going to let this ride out because I think he's going to bring it back. But Punk kept going and it was like, oh, I don't. I don't know what to do because he's not bringing it back. It never got brought back. Yeah, it was like it was very like it was very weird. This whole situation was very weird. It's to the point I don't even remember who came after him. Man, um, yeah, Tony Storm came after him. Okay, and that's that's another story too. Yeah, because they're interviewing Tony Storm. And Tony Storm is talking about the match. She's going all off on the match. And then somebody asks her about Thunder Rosa. And she goes, oh, Thunder Rosa, she's injured? Um, oh, okay. Well, when she's not injured, she could come back and wrestle me and do the job like she was supposed to. But, okay. And it was like, wow. Wow. Because, like, she really had some spice for, like, oh, whatever's going on with Thunder Rosa, she's not injured. Because she was like, she's injured? Okay. What? And you, like, you can, like, you can see when Tony, like, when she said it, Tony Storm was like, yeah, okay. But when she's ready to come back from injury, like, she can do the job. And it's like, I was like, oh, there's some spice there. Like, because... I can understand. I can kind of understand a small little bit of what Tony Storm is thinking because it's like this was supposed to be my moment. I was going to be crowned champion, and you're quote unquote faking the injury because apparently she knows something that we don't know, and she was like, she thinks that she's faking an injury. Yeah. So that's why she's like, oh well, that's news to me, and then. It was this little thing online. I don't know where somebody got this from. Was like, oh, Thunder Rosa asked for a release. And her husband had to come out, was like, no, she didn't ask for a release. That's not it. And remember when I told you that Thunder Rosa had got injured and her manager was handling her shit and all of that? Yeah, yeah, her social media, right? Yeah. Yeah, like this is starting to feel like she might want to leave because. Because the way that that was handled and then like now with the husband talking about she she doesn't want to release and like somebody had said she wanted a release. It's starting to feel like there's more to this, like there's smoke to this fire of her wanting to leave. Yeah. Like and I'm like the bad part is like I'm not against it because the way she was treated in the title reign. It's like, yeah, I'm not against it. Not against it at all. Yeah. And like they had swerving our glory in the scrum and it was very weird that like they're talking to them about the tag team titles and somebody in the scrum asks tony hey tony because of the claim we're like super over did you ever think about calling an audible and having like the acclaim win and swerving our glory was kind of like what the fuck like what do you what do you mean and tony was like no the right person like the right people won. And then they was like, they kind of was like, what do you like? Why would 
it was crazy because like the journalist literally asked him was like yo don't you think like somebody else like the claim should have won and i was like what the fuck like you don't ask the champions that <laughs> and like because of that like little back and forth that kind of sparked tony Khan to go like well you know maybe there'll be another shot for the acclaim which is how he set up the grand slam match like so that was like okay yeah like that kind of came out nicely that was the only thing that came out nicely off of this i think <laughs> yeah and then like at the end of it like tony went on a fucking rant and he was he was mad that wwe ran stuff during labor day when he was like i've been doing this for three years this is year four and now all of a sudden they want to run stuff during labor day that like try to cut stuff out of my pocket like that's insane and a lot of people even like some of his close people were like dude like wwe shit was owned on a network where it's like five dollars people are still gonna pay fifty dollars for your shit like it's a network like it's like not the same as paying money to see yours yeah and and then like another thing it was like one of the reasons that castle crisis was around the same time was because that was the only day wwe can get the uk show like and them doing the fucking nxt show they did it earlier in the day so no one would like not miss all out yeah so like it was like he was like he was angry and he was talking about how he wants to keep this keep aew alive and he doesn't want it to fall into the hands of like somebody like wwe and he's like he, he's not gonna take shit from them and it's like okay like yeah no like we're not like it's not a bad thing like yeah like stand up for yourself i guess mm -hmm. <laughs> it, it was like a whatever thing like didn't bother me but okay you're you're getting tough whatever <laughs> yeah because it was like you're getting tough for no reason because like nothing happened where you were like oh i need like i need to fire back and say shit to wwe and it's like nothing happened like they didn't come at you they didn't say oh fuck AEW, we're trying to bury them no one said anything so it was like a weird situation where he got mad at them and wanted to like set the record straight and it's like okay like it's not a big deal yeah because i feel like if he really wanted to be a dick he'll put the show on at the same time yeah and like a lot of people that like heard like Tony's references was like, yeah, it's not a big deal because like they didn't do anything to stop like to stop anything that was happening at All Out. Yeah. And like even though like All Out wasn't as good as it was, everything that happened after All Out was fucking newsworthy and that's all everybody talked about. Hey, nobody's talking about WB. <laughs> exactly like everybody's talking about this fight and like this shit that happened yeah and that led into dynamite that led into dynamite and the first thing you notice on dynamite is the opening the I opening I, I didn't notice it I'll be honest. <laughs> i know 
the opening opened up. There was no Bucks, there was no Omega, and there was no Punk. None of them. Nobody was on. Not a goddamn one of them. They're all suspended. They're gone. Cut out of the fucking intro. They're gone. So, what I've heard is they're all suspended. Punk, the Bucks, Omega, Pat Buck, um, Christopher Daniels, Michael Nakazawa, uh, somebody else. It was one more person, but it's all of these people fucking suspended. Yeah. It's okay. But they're gone. So then that's when we get into the good stuff. So then Dynamite starts. And the first thing you see is MJF. Well, no, that's not the first thing you see. First thing you see. Yes, the second thing. First thing you see that's covered in boobs. Like Tony Khan gets booed as soon as he shows up on screen. And he says that he vacates the AEW title and the AEW's trio title. And later on, Death Triangle and Best Friends will be fighting for the trio's title. He didn't explain what happened. He didn't say who was suspended. He didn't say shit. He just said the vacated titles and this is what's happening. And the AEW title will be defended and a tournament. There will be a tournament and the winner will be crowned at Grand Slam. And the brackets are Hangman versus Brian Danielson, Sammy Guevara versus Darby Allen, and the winner of Hangman versus Brian Danielson will face Chris Jericho next week. The winner of Sammy and Darby will face John Moxley next week, and then the week after, the title will be put on the line in Grand Slam. So that is a thing. I would love to see someone who watched the pay per view, right? Mm-hmm. But- but like doesn't frequent like online or whatever, so didn't know any of this shit that happened. Come in Wednesday and see that shit. Like what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, and nobody mentioned the Bucks, Omega or Page. I mean, or Punk. And the yeah. funny part about it, it felt like it was retcon. It just felt like everything was retcon. Like whatever happened on Sunday didn't happen. Exactly. Like none of that exists. It was like no, this is just retcon. Because that's how they made it feel for like even people who watch it and know everything. It was like, oh, this is a retcon. You have no idea what's going on. It's like, what the fuck? Okay. All right. Bet. Yeah. And then MJF comes out. And MJF comes out in his hometown. And like, you fucking knew what was going on. Like, you fucking knew. Like, soon as he came out, I fucking knew everything that was going on. Because he came out in a Bills jersey. He came out in, like, super fanboys. And, like, you know, everybody's happy to see him. First off, because they're in Buffalo. And second off, because he's been away for so long. Yeah. And it was like everybody was happy. And he, he starts cutting this kind of a face promo. And you're like... Like, it's like immediately you knew exactly what was going on. It's like, this is bullshit. Like, this is complete bullshit. Although, it was, with the retcon, though, it kind of made, made me wonder. 
but they make my face but <laughs> yeah like the funny part is like i didn't even question it i was like yep this is this is bullshit <laughs> i was just the funny part it was like i was waiting until he just like turned on the people because like i was waiting i was like he's gonna turn on the people and i feel like if moxley didn't show up he would have turned on the people yeah so moxley gets in the ring and then that's when mjf shows his true colors like he starts talking shit and he starts going with the whole wwe narrative now how do you feel? Because there's a lot of people who are super angry about it because of what's happening right now. They're angry with the fact that MJF keeps referencing WWE like WWE is like the bigger leagues and is bigger and better than them. And like that shouldn't be happening right now, especially with all the turmoil. You sh we should all be one in unity instead of going with this whole WWE is better than us type thing. How do you feel? I understand it and I agree to a certain point, but then there's MJF's character. <laughs> you know, MJF's character would do the shit like that. Like, he gives no fucks. You know what I mean? Like, what we see with, um, what you call it? With, um, punk in real life, that's MJF's character to a certain point. But yeah, I understand. Listen, I totally get that. But the thing is, like, you're making your company look bad, which your company is already looking bad from the fight and everything that's going down backstage. It's already looking bad. Now you're making your company look like the second company, like the worst company, because the guy who's this big superstar keeps talking about going to WWE talking about he's going to bring the title to Cody and fucking Triple H. Like, the whole thing just makes it seem like so, you know, just so shitty. Especially, like, right now. Yeah. I mean, if he winds up winning the title and then don't basically work. Good point. Like, it's just... Like, to me, like, I don't care because, like, I don't care. Like, I don't, like, I really don't give a shit. Because, like, no matter what it's like, no matter what's happening, like, nothing's a real story unless it's a real story. So, I don't care. Like, I don't give a shit because it's not, like, it, none of this is real. Like, none of this is real. It's fucking fairy tales and make-believe. It's not real. So, I don't take none of the shit that he's saying as, like, face value in something there. But like I said, in the perception of somebody outside, the perception of wrestling fans, it makes it seem like they're the fucking secondary company, which I agree like that shit does. But like like I said, it doesn't affect me. Like I don't really like I don't really give a shit. Yeah, it's nothing really to say get all worked up about. No, no, no. That's not that's not what I mean. It is like I said, it is something to get worked up about because like if your company does look like shit then you're putting yourself in a bad position. That is a thing. Okay. But like like to me it does like nothing matters because I don't care. Like I don't like I don't really care. Like none of this MJF stuff like matters to me. 
like him being like this WWE like wannabe guy and leaving fucking AEW because it sucks. It doesn't like it doesn't matter to me because it's a storyline and probably the the longer and longer it goes to me, he's just gonna fucking stay in AEW anyway. Yeah. Like I don't see him actually leaving because like the beginning is like, oh, maybe there's a small chance of him leaving. Now it's now it's months later. It's like there's no chance of him leaving. It's just him being a dick. Like even when shit gets later, it's like it's just him being a dick. So it doesn't matter to me. Yes, it makes like AEW looks like the second smallest company. Yeah, it does, but it doesn't matter to me because I'm gonna watch anyway and I don't give a fuck. Like everybody else, like the casuals, the Normans, just be like, oh shit, like that fucking sucks. Like WWE is better. Maybe I should go watch that. Like that that's a thing that could happen. But like I said, to me it doesn't matter because I don't give a fuck because I'm gonna watch anyway. Yeah. And like you can tell, like it even pissed off Moxie because Moxie is like, yo, this is not the time for that bullshit. Like yeah, Moxie even yeah, Mox even said it to him. Was like, it's not the time for that bullshit. Because it's like we're in turmoil. We're in a bad situation. Why are you doing this right now? Like, we don't need this shit. And then Moxie cut one fucking hell of a promo about how fuck like how he should be the champion. How he puts his company on his back. How this company needs to get back together. How we need to fix shit. And come back together. And this is our thing. We need to get this shit right. And it was just like. Yeah. Like I like I felt that promo. Because it was like. Yeah. Like he's really talking about what needs to happen. Like this feels like. Something that should have been directed at the locker room, but it was directed at all of us as AEW fans. It was like, oh, yeah, like we all need to get back together. We need to focus on what's real and what's like what this is. This is this is the business. We need to focus on the title and you should be champion. It felt like it felt like all of this is just the way it should go. They should never did. Yes, they shouldn't. But the little interaction with MJF and Moxley is telling me they're going with Moxley and MJF at the pay-per-view. Yeah. Because all of the stuff that went down, people, just, just to remind you, all of the stuff that went down, MJF did win that coin. One, MJF is number one contender, two. And also, MJF knows how it feels to be Wardlow. <laughs> because when Wardlow had the biggest moment of his fucking career, MJF and his bullshit stepped all over it. And Wardlow even mentioned that. Wardlow even fucking mentioned that on a fucking interview. Earlier in the week, Wardlow said, yo, that was supposed to be my moment, but all of the shit that was going down with Max it fucking hurt my buzz. It hurt my fucking moment. It hurt everything that was going on with me. And he was like, I kind of don't forgive Max for that. And like, I agree that did hurt him. And then turn right around. MJF has his big moment. His big return. His big surprise. It gets hurt by Punk having a fight with the fucking Bucks. And like, that's all everybody's talking about. No one is talking about MJF's return. No one's talking about the serpent and the devil. No one's talking about it. 
They're only talking about Punk, the Bucks, and fucking Omega. Karma's a bitch, eh? Yeah, this is a real bitch. It fucked him good. <laughs> but yeah, I'm calling it now Moxley versus MJF at the pay-per-view. It's calling it. I swear, like, the, the chip or whatever, like, wasn't like running the bank where he could call his shot whatever the hell he wanted. And that's exactly what he said. But it was just certain place, certain time. That's the thing, though. The way he worded it was like he worded it like it was money in the bank. He's he worded it like it was, but it's not. Yeah. So like that's what like that's what weirded me out. It was like he was like I could he was like I could do this at any time, and it's like this isn't money in the bank. You don't cash in like that. Like you have to set like you can have it at any time. Which I mean, you can say. I want to have a title match this day, which is any time because somebody did that on a non-pay-per-view show. Like they have done that before. Okay. So, so like, for example, it's not he like, say, oh, I want to face you at full gear. Yeah. If he says, I want to face you at full gear, then that's like, that's a thing. He can have that. If somebody is like, I want to face you next week on fucking dynamite. It happens. Like it has to happen because they have a contract and like, yeah. You can't just go in there like the day of and be like, yeah, I'm fighting you right now. You can't do that. You can tell them I can fight you this day or I can fight you this day. And like, what would like to me, what would be really fucking fun if MJF next week goes, you know what? I'm going to fight the champion that night at fucking um, Grand Slam. He says, if he said something like that, that would be funny. That would, because that, that champion would be tired as hell. <laughs> yeah, because the champion would have to have a long match with whoever they fight in the finals, and then fight MJF later on in the night. So yeah. <laughs> that would be hilarious. Fair. Speaking of championships, the trios titles and a fucking trios match that was Kind of a banger. Mm-hmm. It was kind of a banger. It was the best friends versus the Triangle de la Morte. That's the fact he said in Spanish. <laughs> and the funny part is like you wanted the best friends to win because you're like, they're a team, they should win. And Pac already has a belt. But the funny part is, like, I see something coming out of this that I'm like, oh, shit, that makes sense. Is this so the part where they start calling him Tupac now? Yes. Here's the thing, right? Triangle mm-hmm. de la Muerte won. They're the champions. Now Tupac has two belts. But what I see coming after this is he was beefing with Orange Cassidy before this. Yeah. So now... He's going to still be beefing with Orange Cassidy, so Orange Cassidy might take the North Atlantic Championship. Yeah, I don't like that. <laughs> All right, now. So then we get a Dark Order backstage segment, and Jose, who works for Andrade Family Office Compound, and he's trying to buy 10. He's trying to buy 10. Now, here's the funny part. 
He's trying to buy 10. Andrade and Rue show up and they give 10 a new crutch. But I know you can't see 10's face, but you can read his eyes in his movement. And you're like, hmm, hmm. Because I feel like, hmm, he might join the office. I, I feel that too. Yeah, it feels like something feels off there. So, yeah, I'm all for that. Yeah. Now, do you think he's going to drop the whole mask gimmick? He joins them? Or- yes. I do see that because, like, first off, the way that the mask was positioned on his face and also his, like, you can see his, like, chin hairs. It's like, yeah, that's a thing. Oh. So then we have a little backstage thing where they're showing like all of the stuff for the women's title. And we see Britt and Jamie have this dispute. And Jamie's angry at Britt. She doesn't even want to talk to Britt and she leaves. And a lot of people have said we should have Jamie in the BBC. And I'm like, hmm, that actually makes sense. Interesting. Yes. So then we had a women's match. Penelope Ford against Tony Storm, the new champion. And they had a match, and Tony won with a fucking DDT. And the match was over. Like the match was over. Like they had a match. Tony won with a DDT. It was over. Nobody came out to challenge Tony. There was like no new number one contender. There was no hints of anybody that she's gonna face. It just was over. Next, next segment <laughs> that they did. Yeah. So then we get 2.0, and they get challenged by Action Bronson and Hook at Grand Slam. So it's gonna be a tag match. Hmm. So then we get the biggest heel of the night besides Tony Khan. Because the acclaim come out. And before I get to the acclaim, Seth Rollins put out this tweet about all of this good wrestling this weekend. And in the tweet, he said the acclaim versus swerving your glory. Because everybody loves the acclaim. Yes. Even people in WWE that is named Seth Rollins. And he tweeted this out. He didn't take the tweet down. The tweet is still up. <laughs> Seth Rollins put over an AEW tag match. Yeah. Yeah. Seth was watching. Thought it was awesome. So, yeah. And it's very funny. Like, it's very funny. Like, you can tell, like, we're in the new age of WWE where, like, people are just, like, actually, like, just... Hey, fuck it. We're watching another show. Who cares? Yeah. I, old error. Get... Right? Yeah. <laughs> so the claim is about to say a rap. We're all anticipating it because we're like, all the shit that went down, we want to hear what Max Caster has to say. We want to hear what he's got to say. But Swerve comes out and interrupts. And Daddy Ass said, this isn't Swerve's house. This is Daddy Ass's house. And they basically just tease more of the tag match coming up. 
and Grand Slam. So that was it. It was like it literally was there was no match or anything. It just was a segment. That's what fucked me up. I was like, they're gonna have a match, right? It's like, no, they just were gonna do a segment. Like, holy shit. The funny part, like, I actually was invested, like, oh, it was Max gonna say, Max gonna say, oh, you fucking ruined it. And then yeah. I, I thought when we come back from commercial, maybe a one on one match, something, nothing. And I'm like, fuck that. Then, and then in my head, like, I come to the realization, like, what the fuck was the point then? <laughs> Right? So then we have a Jericho promo. It's Jericho, Ana J, Sammy, and Ty. And they're all talking because Jericho's saying that Sammy is going to win his match next week. No, on Rampage, he's going to win his match on Rampage. And Daniel Garcia is going to win his match there. Jericho is talking about Ponce de Leon. And he said, Ponce de Leon found the fountain of youth. But Corazon de Leon has found the fountain of youth. And it was like, you know, I didn't know that Pumps de Leon was a lion, also. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, I, like, I didn't know it. When he said Lionheart in Spanish, and then I was like, that sounds very similar to Pumps de Leon. I'm like, wait, what? They're lions? What the fuck? Yeah. Fuck you up, huh? <laughs> yep. And you're the one that speaks better Spanish than me. So go figure. <laughs> yes. And the funny part is like Jericho's cutting his promo, and then all of a sudden Sammy just starts looking at himself and like checking himself out and checking Ty out. It's like, yeah, we're sexy. And it's like, what the fuck is going on? Like none of that had anything to do with anything. It was just like he was not paying attention to Jericho. Like I was just so confused. So then we had Wardlow versus Tony Nese. Wardlow beat the shit out of Tony Nese five seconds. Then um, Josh Woods comes out. He gets his ass beat to fucking Max Sterling gets his Mark Sterling gets his ass beat. And Wardlow cuts his promo and is like, he's tired of all the shit online and everybody's talking about how he's not over and how he's falling apart and he's not this. He's This is Wardlow rebuilding himself and this is Wardlow's world. And I'm like, him saying all that, nothing in my heart was like, oh my God, he's, he's going to be better and bigger and faster. It was like nothing. It just was like, what are you going to do? Like, what are you going to do? You're not in the, you're not in the world title tournament. What are you going to do? You're going to go for the world title? Do it. Like you said you were going to do you said you were going to do it when fucking Moxley and Punk had the interim titles. He was like, "Yeah, when they figure this shit out, I'm going to go for the world title." But do it, bitch. Do it. Do it. You you want to you want to change the perception of Warlow? Do it. Fucking go for the world title. Be better. Yeah, because right now you're just doing nothing but powerbombing a bunch of people and doing dumb shit that nobody cares about. Like six months ago, yeah, everybody would have cared about it. Now no one gives a shit. Yeah, no, we don't care. We don't care. Rebuild yourself. Get better. Like do that. If you don't and just keep doing the same shit you're doing, no one's gonna care even more. Thanks. Once again, the promo was a good promo. Good, not great. He needs to drop the Wardlow's world. <laughs> yeah, he needs to stop that. 
So then we had Brian Danielson versus Hangman Three. The only thing that like kind of weirded me out about this was they put Hangman in it. Nothing against Hangman. The only reason I'm saying it weirded me out is like the whole punk thing, angry about Hangman, whatever. It's like you just decide, fuck it, I'm just gonna put a hangman in this. And it's like, okay. And Brian beat him with like a roll up. And that was great because Brian has never beat Hangman. Hangman beat him twice. So yeah, I'm alright with that. I'm surprised like they didn't take the whole situation just been, uh hangman. Even though he didn't have nothing to do with it physically. No, nah, like I'm okay with them not suspending them. The only thing I'm not okay with is the tournament. It's like the tournament, you put a bunch of people in it that like completely suck. I mean, not completely suck, but like it was no wild cards where you're like, oh my God, this guy's in the tournament. He could win. Like Warlow could have been in the tournament. Yeah. But you have like Sammy, Darby, and everybody else has been champions before. And it's like, I'm not excited to see anybody be champion except for Brian. Like, Hangman's out, Brian won, so I'm excited to see Brian win. Anybody else is like, mm, nah, I don't really care. Or Moxley, because Moxley has already been there. Yeah. Maybe Jericho, you know, do the fact that he defused the whole thing. Kind of like a consolation prize thing for him. No, I don't want Jericho to win shit, dude. <laughs> I wanted to be old. Like I just like I want somebody new. So, yeah. speaking of somebody new, we had Jungle Boy Jack Perry, who was angry, and like he wants to kick Luchasaurus's ass, and he can't wait to Christian heels up so he can beat the shit out of him. I'm not gonna lie, this was the most personality and most intensity I've ever seen in Jungle Boy Jack Perry, and it made me go. I kind of care about him. Not a lot, just kind of. Wait till he drops the jungle boy and no care. <laughs> yes. So then we get Stokely Halfway and his crew, and they're out, and some guy tries to wrap them up. Like they literally just been out there for five seconds. Stokely's like, I'm the king of the ladder match. And then this dude wraps him up and is like, hey, you guys got to stop this. We're wrapping you up. And dude winds up getting his ass beat by like the ass boys and fucking W. Morrissey kicks him in the face. He's like, oh, okay. Yeah. Like, that's how I feel about it. We go in. Um, Moriarty was there too. <laughs> yes. So then we get on Rampage, we're going to have Claudio Castagnoli versus Dax Hardwood, which I'm actually looking forward to. I'm super looking forward to that. I hope it's good. Yes. So then we had the main event. Westside Gun comes out and he's spitting because he's from Boston, the same place where Daniel Garcia is from. And Daniel Garcia comes out with Westside Gun. Daniel Garcia gets in the ring. And then Wheeler Yuta comes out. This match was really, really good. This match was really, really good. I just hate the fans that were in this match. 
And you want to know why I hate the fans in this match? Why? Because every time, like, the Pure Championship has rules. You can't do this. You can't do that. You can't do this. And it's like, okay, yes. So when the announcers announce everything that you couldn't do, the fans start booing. They're like, boo. It's like, shut up. Shut up. Like, you, why do you not know how this is done? We've had, like, 10 Pure Rules matches. Yeah, but we don't like it on our TV. Like, put it on Ring of Honor. It's no, it's a good match. Like, just shut up. It's, it's good. Every time they announce the rules, boo. It's like, come on, stop. Like, that was the only thing that pissed me off. Yeah, like, it's just, it was stupid. But this was a great technical match. And Garcia put the sharp. He put the sharpshooter on fucking Willa Yuta. Yuta tapped out. And Daniel Garcia won. And when he won, Brian Danielson came down to shake his hand. Willie Uta shook his hand, but Brian Danielson shook Daniel Garcia's hand and put the belt on him. And if you notice, Willie Uta kind of like, what the fuck? And slid out of the ring while that was happening. So Willie Uta might be turning. Because Jericho also came down and was like, what is going on? What's happening? So Daniel Garcia might be going to the BBC, but Willie Uta could be going to the Jericho Jerkoff Society. Until that night, I did not see that coming. <laughs> Me neither. But like, yeah, I'm all for that. Like, I'm all for that. Yeah. So, yeah. And then like, I'm not going to go into the Rampage spoilers, but I'm going to say this one thing. Because some people that were there during the Dynamite taping, the Rampage tapings, they were like, yo, when Tony Khan came out to do the thing in between Rampage and Dynamite, Tony Khan got booed. So, yeah. He's hated now. Yeah, he's he's hated because of what happened. So um yeah, we're gonna get to we're gonna work backwards because we're gonna go to NXT next. So NXT was I I honestly don't know. Like, this was, like, a weird show. And I know we just, like, came off of Worlds Collide, but this was, like, a weird show. I didn't know what the fuck was going on. Like, this seemed like just a random show. It wasn't, like... I don't know. It just, like, seemed off some point. <clears throat> you know what it felt like to me? Mm-hmm. You know that weird transition when you, like, from, from WrestleMania to, like, another pay-per-view and whatever, where, like, it's great. And all of a sudden, it's like a sleeper period. That's what it felt like to me. Yeah, it felt yeah, it felt off. Cause it started out with Tyler Bate, and he got confronted by Gallus Boys on top, and he got confronted. And I'm like, okay, well, who's gonna come out to help him? And out of everybody that could have came out and helped him, Ron Breaker came out and helped him. That was weird. That was very weird. And 
Braun said, hey, Tyler, let's team up so we can face these guys later. That was also weird. We'll get into it, but like, I feel like it should have happened. So, go ahead. It felt like Trent, it felt like Trent Seven should have been there. But, like, that should have been something that should have happened, but Trent's, okay. he's okay. not there anymore. Yeah. Uh-huh. Or Pete Butch, whatever the hell you want to call him. Yeah. So then we get Pretty Deadly, and they have the two sets of tag titles, and Last Legend comes up, and they give her the UK tag titles, and they take the NXT tag titles, and they're angry because they're champions. I like I'm so lost. They're angry and they're like, yeah, we won the titles, but like we don't get respect. And it's like, okay, what? It's very weird. I was confused. Like I understood the like it was the fact that someone was talking shit about. That's what I Yeah, understood. like they don't get respect. <clears throat> that's what that's what pissed me off. It was like but who talked shit about you? And once they get to the last person that supposedly talked shit about you, you're like, wait, what? Because they actually challenged these people. In, in so, words, insane. <laughs> yes. So then we have Miko Satamora in the back and Roxanne talks to her. But then Miko walks a little further and Cora Jade says, hey, me and you. I want to wrestle you. And Mako was like, mm, I already have a match with Roxanne. So Cora's now pissed off. Like, Mer! So then we get a tag team match. Toxic Extraction versus Dewdrop and Nikki Ash. They actually have beef because of what happened at Worlds Collide. Yeah. So it's like, okay, they have this beef. So they're gonna have this match, and Toxic Distraction gets the win. They get a win against I Nikki. Open I was too. Like I really was, because I'm like, okay, they can stay down here for a while, do some things. Things will be fun. Wait, no, Nikki Ash and Dewdrop got the win. I totally misremembered it. Yeah, they got the win. So, (laughs) yeah, like, so they might be staying down here. Yeah. So then we get an Apollo Cruz thing. His eye is red because he's been poked in the eye so much and he can't get visions of the future. Oh, no. That's crazy. What? I've. I really don't care. But like, he he might embrace new family after this. Uh. <laughs> okay, which family? I don't know. Like, type of ism, dire. Oh, oh, okay. I don't know what either one of those words mean. I'm just throwing them out there. <laughs> oh, okay. So then we had a one-on-one match that was pretty good. It was Wesley versus J.D. McDonough. And J.D. gets the win where you're like, oh shit, he wasn't going to get the win. And he just pulls out this fucking back suplex that he does. The devil inside. 
which he calls something else now, which I'm not calling it that. No, they they called it the devil devil inside at night. But it's the devil inside. Yeah. The devil. It used to be the devil in, but now it's the devil. I like the devil inside. <laughs> <laughs> so then we get pretty deadly, and they bump into Tony D'Angelo and Tony's friend, <clears throat> and they're like, "Hey, the fuck, you guys were talking shit about us." I mean, no, we've talked shit about you. We beat your ass in your face. Okay, all right, we're gonna leave. All right. And I was like, okay, that didn't make any fucking sense. Like, what what, what was the point there? It didn't make no goddamn sense. Were they already drinking tea before they showed up? Yes, they were. They were. Okay. And they tried to give the tea to Pretty Deadly, and they spit it out. <laughs> so then we had Miko Satamora versus Roxanne. And... Miko Satamura beat Roxanne, but this was this was really good because it's like you can see Miko Satamura's like skill set and you can see Roxanne's skill set. And you can see how like yeah, this, this was this was this was awesome. What? So after the match, Cora Jade ran in a ring, attacked Roxanne. And then Mako showed up and was like, I'm going to kick your ass if you keep fucking with her. And of course, Cora ran off. So that's a feature match, of course? Yeah, like, Cora is going to have a match with Roxy and she's going to have a match with Mako. So she's going to get both matches. So good for Cora. We have a backstage with Braun and Tyler Bate. And they say, you know what? We're going to work together and beat Gallus. So then we get a Damien Kemp sit down. And he says he's been pulling strings this whole time. Wow, where did I hear that from? (laughs) So then, then he says something that I didn't know. He says he beat Julius when they were doing freestyle wrestling in high school. I was like, wait, what? Like, I didn't even know you guys like, well, not high school, in college or something. I was like, wait, I didn't even know you guys even knew each other before this. That that blew my mind, actually. Yeah. So then we had Ricochet versus Trick Williams. And that was a match. But of course, Ricochet won. But then we go to the back and we see what is her name? Not Tatum Paxley. What is Kiana James? Kiana James, and she walks up to the schism, and the schism is trying to recruit her. And in the background, this is the second time in the background, there's a guy with a hood on that keeps walking up to the schism. And I'm trying to see who this person is. Like, I'm saying it's a guy is probably, like, it is a guy, probably. 
But like this is the second time they have a backpack on and a red hoodie, and you can see in the background that he's talking to Schism. And I'm trying to figure out who the fuck is it? Who is it? Like who is this person? Here's the funny part. I made the Apollo joke, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm I'm actually joking because that seems too obvious. Like they all have the eye thing, including Apollo. So he seems like yeah. a sort of him right now. But it's a red herring. Like that's not Apollo. Yeah, no, it's definitely not Apollo. Like I was gonna say a name and it's just like way out there, but I was gonna say Leo Rush. Like I said, this is way out there. But it's wow. some like it's somebody. It's not who we think it is. It's somebody. And that's that's why I'm like, it's gotta be like somebody wild like Leo Rush. If Leo Rush thinks that he would have like that black heart gimmick that he had in the Indies. I I hope so. I would love that. I would. So then we get Tony D'Angelo's in the back, and all of a sudden, he's confronted by Cameron Grimes. And him and Cameron Grimes are talking, and he's telling Cameron Grimes he sucks, he should do better, he should get some friends, you want to join up with us? And Cameron Grimes like, no, baby, I don't want to join up with y'all. And then he throws coffee on two dimes, or two stacks, or two whatevers, and they start fighting, and Tony D'Angelo beats the shit out of Cameron Grimes. And it's like, dude, Cameron Grimes sucks now. Yeah, he's basically everybody's punching bag, right? Basically. We get a preview for some girl named Sola Rico. She's coming. And then we get a Creed Brothers promo. And they're in the back. And they're talking shit because they're mad at Damian Kemp. And then... Pretty Daddy comes up and they're like, you were talking shit about us? And he's like, no. Well, we want to put our titles on the line against you guys next week. What? Yeah. Huh? I was so baffled. <laughs> but we were talking shit about you. I don't care. Like, it's, it's, it was because they literally was like, we wasn't talking shit about you because we got our own thing going on. And they just like decided to put the titles on the line next week. So I'm like, Why? made no sense none so then we get the first out of three matches between axiom and nathan frazier and it was a good match nathan frazier winds up winning it was it was it was all right i had no idea like beginning this match with this match three so, yeah, I, I didn't either. I, so then we see the guy who's messing with the security guy, which, like, I can't wait today, Russell, so we can stop having these dumbass backstage segments. So the security guy's messing with, uh, I forgot his goddamn name, but I'm gonna call him Julius or something. That's not his name. It's something with a J. Whatever. So then we get to. The main event. Wrong show. Which is, which is Gallus Boys versus Tyler Bate and Braun Breaker. And it, it was a dope match. Tyler and Braun win, and Tyler gets attacked by Jordan Devlin. 
I feel like they should have been a betrayal. No, no, no. What I felt like should have happened, which I would have loved, was Tyler Bate like leaves, gives Bron his moment in the sun. Like, yeah, no, you're the champion. You stand here and and do whatever. Bron stands there, and then like somebody new out of nowhere just attacks the shit out of Bron and leaves him laying. Like that's what I would have wanted. Like so, Tyler could be like far away from the situation they already wrestled, and then just like Bron just gets this new challenger who's just not normal. And here, like we running back to JD. A kid. Huh? You said a kid. No, I said they're rewinding back to um KD. Yeah. I just like because I just feel like Braun needs somebody new, and if they're going with JD McDonough versus Braun, we just had that. Yeah. Like, just come on, like we need something totally different, like something totally different, all new, all different. Let's do that. All the land. Who? All Atlantic. <laughs> I mean, yeah. So that was next or NXT. So Raw was a thing, and it started off with Edge, and Edge is pissed off at Dominic Mysterio. He's pissed. He wants to kill Dominic. He says, Dominic, you suck. You need to get your shit together. I'm going to fuck you up. And then Ray's like, hey, man, listen, he's just a little bit misguided. I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. That's my son. And Edge is like, well, I'm going to kill your son. <laughs> I swear to God he said that. I swear I, he said that. I think he actually did say that, to be honest with you. And so... As saying that, then Rhea Ripley shows up and she's talking shit. And then all of a sudden, the manager of that Applebee's that I go to shows up. <laughs> wow. Dude, come on. You're telling me that Dom with this new fucking hairdo and fucking sweater vest look like he's a goddamn manager at fucking Applebee's? No, he actually like had a swagger to me. Like, I actually kind of like it. Dude, like he needs to change his shit up. Like he needs to change his shit up because he looks like a fucking manager for Applebee's. That's all I'm saying. Like he does have the demeanor, everything, like his facial expresses, his swagger. Yeah, he has that. His gear, Applebee's. Like the hair kind of reminds me like Eddie Ward, like that at one point. Yeah. But I just want him to change up his gear. Look different. Look fucking different. Like, that shit just does not work for me. You see what his wrestling gear looks like. Yeah. We'll find out soon. So, then we get Edge attacked by the Judgment Day. And Ray ran off because he doesn't want to hurt his son. And this is what fucks me up. Edge gets stomped. But a judgment day would they kind of try to quote unquote pilmanize his leg and Edge gets taken to a local hospital. Fine. 
fine. Later on, I'll tell you why I think that's stupid. Like, that was very stupid of them, but this is what WWE wanted to do. I didn't like it. Like, I know why they did it that day, because it was, like, to eliminate some stuff for later, but, like, yeah, I didn't like it. Okay. So, then we had Ciampa and Miz, and they're coming through the parking lot, the most dangerous place in the world, and a car was upside down. Hmm. I wonder who could have flipped the car upside down. Well, do that. then we have a tag team match. The winners of this tag team match, four-way, become number one contenders for the Usos. So this match is going, and all of a sudden, in the middle of the match, both of the New Day get tagged in. And the New Days have watched old brawls because they did a New Age Outlaws. Yeah. I even pointed it out, like, isn't that the Outlaw rule? Yes, and that became a rule that got put in place that you cannot do that. It's like, oh, shit. <laughs> so, yeah. They totally were about to pin each other and everybody's like, wait, you can't do that. So everybody beats the shit out of them and then like the match keeps going and then all of a sudden Braun shows up. It was weird. Very weird. I just want to know why the tag team match? Like, why that match? Hasn't he done this before? Yes, but like, this was like a tag team match. Like, we're trying to rebuild a tag division and you have Braun just kill everybody. It was stupid to me. Maybe Nicholas is going to redate you. Yeah, and like, I, I, I didn't like it at all. So then we had, after that, Ash Drop versus the tag team champions, Bad and Bougie. Yes, Raquel Gonzalez or Raquel Rodriguez and Aaliyah are called Bad and Bougie. Mm. Yeah. So then we get an interview with Ray Mysterio, and Ray's like, I'll take on anybody in a judgment day. Just not dumb. I can't face dumb. I'm no, sorry. He, he didn't even say not, not even dumb. Like, it should have been Dom. Yeah, it, sh- it should have been. But he didn't want to face him because that's my son. Oh, no. So, then we get an Austin Theory promo. Austin Theory. This is very funny because he keeps fucking up the lines. And, like, normally it would be like, oh, my God, he's fucking up the lines because he's just fucking up the lines. But he... Immediately after he fucks up the second line, he grabs his chin and goes, it's because that damn Tyson Fury punched me that I can't get my words right. And I'm like, oh my God. Like on the fly, you pulled that together. And this wasn't like, oh, he was fucking him up because he was supposed to. He was fucking up. So when he fucked up the second time, he pulled it together was like, it's my chin. That's why. And I was like, oh my God, this kid is good. Okay, I didn't realize that wasn't like part of the script. Yeah, it, it, it wasn't scripted. He did that on his own. And that's 
I like that. So Kevin Owens comes out and Kevin Owens starts talking shit. And one of the things he said was like he hates a manipulative manipulative liar that talks bullshit. And people were like, oh, he was aiming at at Austin Theory. Everybody else, because of the tweet that he put out the night before, he did that that was definitely directed at punk that was definitely that one line that he put in there was directed at punk yeah because punk had said a line about something about main eventing and not drawing a dime and talking shit and especially what went down with the bucks and you know kevin is cool with the bucks he like kevin owens right after all of that shit went down kevin owens immediately tweeted a picture of him versus stone cold in the main event of wrestlemania yeah, yeah. So, yeah, punk, the guy who never could main event of WrestleMania, and then Kevin Owens, who got the dream match that Punk wanted, and also main event at WrestleMania with that dream match. So, yeah. 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 Kevin is great. Yeah. And also, Kevin is really great in this match because him and Austin had a really fucking dope match theory that is and he hit theory with the stunner and the pop-up powerbomb and got the win so theory is looking more and more like he's going to cash in and when eventually he cashes in yeah yep so then we have Miz getting ready and Tommaso Ciampa is talking to Miz and Sarah Schreiber comes up and she's like, hey, um, what's your strategy for tonight? You're going to be locked in a cage with Bob Lash. And he's like, I'm not going to tell you my strategy. What's wrong with you? Don't you belong over somewhere else? And she was like, um, no, I, I'm here. Whatever. And like, I like the fact that he pointed out that she was from SmackDown because that played into something later on. And I, I like that. Like that, that, like that was like a little small thing. It was like, hmm, like that's, that's that's cohesiveness, and like it's a little telling for people. Huh, I got it. Okay. So then, so then we get damage control out. Damage control is talking shit. Bianca Belair comes out, and Bailey basically says, "If I don't get you, Eel's gonna get you, or Dakota's gonna get you, but we're gonna take that title off of you." And they also said that next week it's going to be Damage Control versus Bad and Bougie for the tag team titles. Dun, dun, dun. Hopefully the right thing happens. Yeah, I have like I have a weird feeling that like something is going to happen. Finally. So then we get a Johnny Gargano promo. Johnny Gargano's talking, and Theory comes up was like, you shouldn't be called Johnny Wrestling. You should be called Johnny Talking, because you don't do nothing but talk. And then Johnny was like, it's funny that you say that, because next week, I'm going to wrestle. And Theory was like, mm. he did a little growl, because he was mad, because he couldn't piss him off. He did growl, too. How about that? <laughs> 
So then we get Rey Mysterio versus Damien Risto. And of course, this is a okay match. I mean, we've seen this match like a bunch of times, but like now it's got the Dominic effect and Ray's looking at Dom just, why won't you come home, Dom? Please come home. And Dom's like, nope, no, nah, I don't care. I have a woman now. It's just like all the other Mysterios, we date Aussies. And Damien Priesto beats Rey Mysterio. And then they beat Rey Mysterio with a chair. And Dom just looks at him because Dom doesn't care because he has a girlfriend now. Ha. That actually makes sense, though. <laughs> yes. So then we have Bob Lash. And Bob Lash is saying, yo, I'm going to beat Miz in a cage. Like, a lot of you not. That was literally the promo. I'm going to beat Miz in a cage. Are you going to elaborate anymore? No. We're going to commercial. That was it? Literally, I'm going to beat beat Miz in a cage? What? 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 Okay. <laughs> so, then they interviewed Braun Strowman, and Braun Strowman Bridge said, hey, I'm going to SmackDown this week. Ha! We get these video packages from Seth freaking Rollins and Riddle. And Riddle says, it's not over between me and Seth. And Seth is like, no, nah, I beat you one, two, three. It's over. Like, like there's no more to it. Which only means they're going to have another match, which leads to an Extreme Rules match, which is in five weeks. And I'm like, yeah, okay. Same match they have they had so far, too? So then we get the official confirmation that next week, Edge, who is injured and got sent to a local medical facility, is going to wrestle Dominic next week. It's like, what? Like, you just got fake injured. So now you're going to be okay to wrestle Dominic. Hey, hey, hey. If CM Punk come back in four days, Edge come back in seven. Okay. All right. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so then we get to the cage match it's Miz versus Bob Lash US title and Miz wants this cage match only wants this cage match to keep out Dexter Loomis and the match goes first off Tommaso Ciampa helps beat up Bob Lash before the match so yeah that's fucked up then Bob Lash gets in the ring and they're going the match is going and it's one point where Miz thinks he's gonna win and Miz looks down hi it's Dexter Loomis under the ring looking up at Miz Miz gets scared comes back gets put in the Hurt Locker business Miz taps out then Dexter Loomis gets in the cage chokes out Miz and then carries him home, I guess. Something. Like, wh- where did he take him? I'm, I'm gonna go with yours and say he took him home. Yeah, it was so weird. So, 
after the match, after he took him home, they did the whole, hey, Raw after show, whatever. And Sarah Stryber, who interviewed Miz earlier, Miz pointed out, you're from the other show. Kevin Owens bumps into her, and Kevin Owens is like, you're from SmackDown. Oh, since you're from SmackDown, I have a message for the Tribal Chief. Tell him he still owes me. So that was a thing. Then, then we get the official Braun Strowman is coming to SmackDown. And I'm like, eh, okay, whatever. Yeah. So, yeah. That was a thing, and that's the end of Monday Night Raw. So, we have a couple of little things, tidbits to talk about. One thing is Bob Fish. Bob Fish is gone, officially gone. Bob Fish is gone. They tried to negotiate a contract. It was like, hey, listen, what about if we do this? Would you stay? And Bob Fish was like, I want more money. They literally was like, you're not worth that, so goodbye. <laughs> like, that's what happened. Like, they offered him more money. He goes, you're not worth that, goodbye. And they just let him go. Like, they didn't think that his skills was worth enough. And they just like, no, nah, fuck you. Bye. Dude, like... Go from here. Yeah. Dude. Okay, so... I was right. I was totally right. And like I said before, mm-hmm. Malachi Black is leaving. He's gone from AEW. Yeah. Because of a mental breakdown. He's gone. So... Because of this thing, right? Mm-hmm. He's gone. But he has a 180 day like non-compete clause. Oh, look. Yes, he doesn't have a 90 day non-compete clause. He has a 180 day non-compete clause. Okay. And hold my beer. Yeah, that's exactly what he said. Hold his beer. So, that is uh, a thing. So, he's gone. That's fucking... That's a troll. Like, that has to be a fucking... I don't, I don't think it's a troll. This is what... This is what I've heard the reasoning is. Because if he's mentally broken, they want him to, like, get help because, like, yeah, you're mentally broken. And also... If you just did that just to get out of contract, like, fuck you, so we're going to make you wait longer. So now he has to, like, basically just get himself together. And then after that, after the 180 days, he can go to WWE if he wants to. Also, they said the door is open if you want to come back. Oh, wow. Yeah. And fucking Jake Hager signed the contract extension. So, yeah. How do you feel about Jake Hager signing an extension? 
I'm surprised they heard one. <laughs> so, also, Jericho and all of them are like basically locked in for extra years. They decided, hey, we're going to lock in for extra years because they want to, you know, just like be part of the AEW community for longer. Because not only was it him, it was Matt Menard and Daddy Magic. Oh, I can't believe I actually said that out of my mouth. Wow. I'm just <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, they're they're staying. So isn't Jericho my bad for cutting up, but isn't Jericho already like dead for like seven years though with them or whatever? Okay. Yeah, but he's like he's sticking his heels in deeper, deeper into this. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So that is like that's a thing. He's kind of loyal to this company. So. Oh, of course. So yeah, that's like some contract stuff and things that are going around. Also, one thing I want to point out because I don't want to let this not go because this was in the media scrum okay. from CM Punk was how much he actually likes Adam Cole. Like that's insane that he's just like out of all of the chaos. He was he was talking about how much he likes Adam Cole and he wants to make sure that this kid is fine because this is he's one of the nicest kids and he deserves so much and like he hopes that he's okay. And it was like wow, like out of all of the shit stirring that you did, you you were wow. That that's all I can say. It's like wow, like Adam Cole must be the nicest motherfucker because like Wow. And you discuss that shit all the time. How nice it is. So, to steal the line off of Anthony Bowen, but switch it up. Everyone loves Adam Cole. That's true. That is 100% true. This guy's like the nicest fucker that anybody has met. Like, he's the nicest fucking person. Like, if you ever go to his streams, you'd be like, wow, this is one of the nicest people I've ever met. He's like, fucking great. You you tell me you're more in tune like the wrestling community and all that, right? I don't think anybody's ever said anything really bad about this guy. Ever. No, nah, it's it's some very few people that people are like, I've never said anything bad. And it's him and also fucking Roman Reigns. And I know people are like, wait, what the fuck does that have to do with anything? Dude. Fucking Eddie Kingston was just saying nice shit about how nice Roman Reigns is. And it's like, dog, like, one, like, how do you know that he's that nice? And he's like, nah, he reached out to me before and, like, we talked. And, like, he's really nice. I'm like, holy shit. Like, yeah. Like, Roman, like, Roman is one of the people that even everybody in AEW puts over because it's like, nah, Roman's dope. Even Kenny put him over. It was like, nah, he's dope. Like, he's a really dope dude. Just about to say that Eddie put him. <laughs> yeah, like so, like Adam Cole and fucking Roman Reigns are two of the nicest people. Like 
I would say Hangman, but you know, CM Punk might come to my door and punch me because I'm Hangman's friend. Fuck you, Adam Cole is the nicest guy. See me, Phil. <laughs> See me. I have so, a dog yeah. too. My dog's bigger than your dog. Wow. <laughs> so yeah, that's um that's everything. Got anything to add? See me, Phil. I'm ending with that. 